Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-free review for Marvel Studios' Loki Season 2. Time is everything. It shapes our lives. But perhaps we can shape it. Hello, I'm J-Law, but you can call me Justin, and if you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geek-Centric, a podcast covering the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things Geek-Centric. Joining me today for this spoiler-free review are three dudes who are ripped from the sacred timeline so that they can be here to share their thoughts with you. We have Kevin Hudson, Nate Shelton, and Darcy Hudson. How are we, dudes? Hello. Oh, dude. I'm feeling pruny. I just got out of a bath. Feeling very pruny. Oh, it's, it's gonna. <laughs> this is going to come across weird, but so did I. It was not at the same time or together. <laughs> not the same bath. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, I, I feel like that would sort of be kind of like a time displacement, maybe a bit of the future and past, because, uh, you know, we are talking about Loki season two. And, you know, as, as we've seen from the trailers, there's going to be some light time traveling. So uh, maybe we were in the same bathtub, but at different times. Maybe. I hope I was it... in first, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because think about the last place you used the soap and the first place he uses the soap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Anyways, this all got me thinking, uh, if you could time travel and leave your oh. timeline, uh, and live your best life, what year would you want to live in and what would you want to do? Whoa. Whoa. Loaded question, eh? Absolutely. Got some, got some conundrum faces <laughs> looking back at me here. Uh, uh, wait, can I travel back and forth or is it like I, that, that's my life now? No, that's your life. You would want to live your life there if you mm. could. Mm. Uh, the future then just any time for me like just outside of like get 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 far into the future we've you know if a pandemic comes up one weekend we're just like eh, it's fine we got the boosters in the next day or something like that's the technology that i want i want i want like installed you know things in my eyeballs that are computers i want augments i want it all I want it all. That's where I want to live. Yes. You just want to live that that Wally life. That's for sure. <laughs> I want to get a floating chair, Justin, and I want to take baths, and then Kevin can eventually discover them. Just thinking about Nate's dirty bath water here. Um, but that's also you know, a good metaphor for, I think, the past. As, as much of like a, a history buff as I am, studied history in university, uh, and just to, to see any part of the ancient world, it would be really incredible. But... I think the the shock of the smell and the filth and the disease and the and the violence and you know like we are living in the best possible age that's ever existed. We're fortunate to be in a place of medical uh, marvels and no slavery and you know in our country and and most places around the world. Just things like that. I think uh, I'm with Nate. I'm going to the future. Uh, you know. I want, uh, you know, I want to uh, be able to erase any of the bad decisions I've made through eating, smoking, and drinking with medical uh, advancements, that sort of thing. Give me the future. <laughs> there and maybe go. the Jays or Leafs will have won something by then, too. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Darcy, how about yourself? Uh, I mean, I guess maybe it's because I've been going to concerts more lately, getting back into the, the show going, uh, not quite as much as I used to when I was in high school, but still going out a lot more than I have the last few years. 
I don't want to go back to like the 70s or something like that where I could oh, see perfect for you. ACDC and Rush, like all my favorite classic rock bands in their the prime and, and like when they were ruling the airwaves and stuff like that. I'd want to go back to that time, I think. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you, Darcy. I, I probably, I don't know if I would want to go to the future just because I feel like the future is kind of already doomed. Um, but oh, I feel no. like I feel like Kevin the... and I are just there, and then it's just one bathtub <laughs> yeah. and nothing one else. Like, yeah. no! <laughs> um, that said, uh, I would probably go back to the early '70s, sort of, I guess, maybe even like the mid '70s, in and around the uh, you know the big boom in Hollywood, if you will. George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, Scorsese. Coppola, they're all just kind of up and coming. I'd love to like somehow sneak in and be friends with them. And yeah, you, you just know. write Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, with George Lucas. Okay, I mean, even just there to see go. Star Wars in theaters on like opening day sure. would be so cool. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah that would yeah. be a lot of fun. It would be. It would be. Uh, Tons of fun to to be a part of that. Um, but look, before we get into everything, uh, I do just want to take a moment uh, and remind our listeners that we here at Geek Centric uh, support the SAG-AFTRA as they strike to get the contract that they deserve. Uh, as we'll discuss today, without those actors, uh, we wouldn't have fantastic characters we adore or we root for and, and some that we even hate. Uh, actors deserve the fair contract that reflects today's growing industry changes. So hopefully they can get what they deserve uh we are thrilled to hear that the wga has successfully gotten a contract that they Mm -hmm. uh, fought for or bargained for uh and we hope that the sag after will reach an agreement with the studios in the coming weeks because it feels like it's you know might as well try to kill two birds with one stone i don't know if that's a horrible analogy but uh you know (laughs) fingers crossed as uh, as we hope for it now uh let's get into the synopsis for today's review loki season two picks up in the aftermath of the shocking season finale when loki finds himself in a battle for the soul of the time variance authority along with mobius hunter b15 and a team of new and returning characters loki navigates an ever-expanding and increasingly dangerous multiverse in search of sylvie judge renslayer miss minutes and the truth of what it means to possess free will and glorious purpose uh, this season is, uh, features the executive producing team of Kevin Feige, Stephen Brozard, Luis Desposito, Victoria Alonso, Brad Windenbaum, Tom Hiddleston, Kevin R. Wright, and Michael Waldron. Uh, we also have a new head writer for this season, uh, Eric Martin, who is also an executive producer. And these six episodes feature three different directors uh dan delua kasra ferrani and the directing duo from moon knight justin benson and aaron mm. moorhead uh this series stars of course tom hiddleston sophie di martino gugu mabatha ra wanmi musaku eugene cordero rafael Casal, tara strong kate dickey liz carr neil eilis and jonathan majors kihi kwan and owen wilson loki premieres mm. exclusively on disney plus October 5th, 2023, and like Ahsoka, it'll be dropping 6 p.m. Pacific Time and 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank goodness. Every Thursday, by the sounds of it. Uh, so that is great news. Thankfully, they learned from Ahsoka to do that. Um, as always, a huge thanks to our friends at Disney Plus Canada and by extension Marvel Studios Canada for giving us four episodes to review mm-hmm. ahead of this show's release. As mentioned, We'll be doing this spoiler-free. Uh, so I've sort of come up with 
three talking points or pillars, if you will, for this review. Uh, the first will be our initial thoughts, then we'll move into look and feel, then performances, and then we'll wrap from there. So let's kick things off with our initial thoughts, and I'm just going to start the ball if that's okay with you guys. Um, I personally really enjoyed these first four episodes. I was pleasantly surprised by the change in pace uh, that these four episodes uh, gave us. You know, season one had the mystery box effect going for it. So everything was new and we were learning more about the TVA and timekeepers and pruning and the void and so much was, was going on. And there was this sort of singular pace or singular focus with a slower pace as you sort of unravel the mystery uh, to the new part to this new part of the MCU, but here with season two, you know the groundwork has already been set, so things move far quicker. Rather than there being a mystery uh, that slowly unravels, we we have a problem that needs to be solved uh, very quickly, uh, which is established uh, at the end of season one with the breaking of that sacred timeline. Uh, so this is all in the effects of the aftermath. So I think the change in pace and bit of tone was very welcomed and I really enjoyed it. See, I, I hate to jump in and, and start off on a, on a negative note because for the most part, I really did enjoy our first episodes. But I would say I didn't find the pace to be all that breakneck. Uh, you mentioned that there's a problem that, that they're looking into. And I, I found by the end of four episodes, we're still working on this. They're not, they're not, they, they say they have to solve this problem quickly, but we're four episodes into this issue and they haven't gotten any closer, I don't think to solving this problem. So I just found it was like, I found it, it stalled a little. It was a little repetitive in, in what the, the main focus for these characters is as we go through those four episodes. I will say, however, the practical physical sets in this show are absolutely incredible. Holy moly. It's some of my favorite production value in anything in a long, long time. I was floored. It was so nice to get away from the void and CGI, it really felt like they were in these spaces, and some of these sets just seem so massive. So I was quite impressed. Yeah, I think uh, I think as far as just kind of what you're describing, though, Kevin, um, for myself, like yes, the the I found the pace to actually still be pretty breakneck. Um, episodes at times did feel uh, a bit disorienting, but it I feel like by the time we get to those fourth episodes, like if you're if you're watching this series and the season. Uh, and you sort of start to feel like, oh, I, I kind of feel, you know, pretty confused in this moment. Um, there were moments where I would start a new episode and feel like, okay, did I miss uh, an entire episode? Uh, but I promise you, if you're listening to this, as you get through this season, it is worth having those feelings. Uh, I think it's very purposeful the way that they're doing this. Uh, and I, it, I think it makes for something that's really, really exciting. Uh, and I think it's it's... I think the idea behind it is it's just like if it was any other show, I would and I felt this way, I'd be like, oh, it's poorly written. But this one, if if you just stick with it, it'll work itself out. And I think that's what makes the show so much fun to watch. And and I think really it's going to make it really fun to watch again uh, a second time once the season wraps. Yeah, no, just a fun analogy with me being the big Whovian that I am. When there's a time travel, you know, mystery or, you know, problem to be solved, all I can help but think is Doctor Who. And this has 
all the best moments or, or feels of Doctor Who where you're along for the ride. It's, it might be confusing to you, but someone knows what's going on. Or if they don't, they will soon enough. And it's the way that they give you the, the answers to this question. And again, play with time, bouncing back and forth. Really fun. So I, I again, really enjoyed these four episodes and, and came out of it just like I'd watched a really good, you know, arc in Doctor Who or whatever. So t- to me, that's that's doing time travel justice. If you're, mm-hmm. if you're making me think of Doctor Who, that's only a good thing. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think the other thing, too, is it, it feels a little procedural. Right. Like it, it, there's a, a, a time detective quality to this season uh, that, f- again, adds to that that haste and, and things moving quickly and and wanting to to sort of solve it. But I hear what you're saying, Kevin. It's a sense of urgency to get it resolved, but we're not getting there. And I think that the idea is that the six episodes is very much hopefully to to do that uh and and i i think that that's that's sort of what they're building on i get what kevin's saying too it almost feels video gamey in a sense where you have this big the end of the world situation going on but you can go and take all the time you want to do your side quests and get all your ducks in a row before you go and tackle this big problem that is supposed to be under a time crunch so i I do the, the time crunch seems almost forced where they could have built to it they they drop that bomb and the the intensity of it is a bit too ramped up from the beginning that they aren't dealing with it fast enough i feel that's a very good way of uh, of putting that darcy i think that might have summed up my issue very well is that we sort of learn about this issue and it really takes off right at the end of that first episode and by the end of the fourth episode it's still just it it seems to be at the very same intensity and you know the characters keep saying we only have minutes we, we have to do something quick and you know then like you said they'll deviate and do a side mission and those are really fun and they're great but i don't think they do any justice to the the overall problem so like you suggested justin maybe if it if this issue was ramped up over the course of these four episodes a bit differently it would have uh maybe hit a little differently for me again it, it feels like a very big nitpick that i'm doing here because i really did enjoy so much about uh everything one of my favorite aspects you know speaking of time travel is how they play with the rules of of cinematic time travel so much and are just like, they instantly go, yeah, we're just going to do this. Like, they literally make jokes in the show about how preposterous their grasp on time travel is, and they don't give a shit, and that makes it very, very fun. Yeah, they're, they're having fun with it, and I think that, you know, again, that adds to the initial... Uh, first reaction experience. It's it's fun. These these episodes are are definitely fun. And again, you know, to preface, we we did binge these back to back to back. Whereas yeah. obviously, as as you, the audience, you're going to be experiencing it on a weekly basis. And I myself am very excited to hear uh, the, the 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 conversations. But I do think what you're pointing out. Kevin, in terms of the pace, could be uh, a topic of discussion uh, from week to week with with each of the episodes. Um, but you know. You mentioned it already, Kevin. Um, you know, let's talk about look and feel. Uh, the consistency from season one to season two with the look and feel of the retro tech, uh, you know, the, the world of the TVA, uh, it's expanded on so much more. We're seeing new pockets of this massive, massive, uh, I guess, place, if you will. It's not necessarily just a building. It's it's a it's a huge uh, place. We're getting the, the a look at the innards. And, and I think that you know that that sort of retro vibe very much finds its way even into sort of the cinematography in a lot of ways the cinematography has such a 
the picture has such a, a, a textural granular quality that feels retro uh, and feels very, you know, uh, past technology, if you will, even though we know it's it's digital and they're probably doing a lot of this in post. Um, still, the, the color palette is is soft and warm uh, while, while also having sort of grays uh, mixed in to kind of give you a sense of, of the time shifts and, and whatnot. So I think, again, the consistency of the production design, the consistency of the look from season one to season two, they've done such a great job with, with continuing that. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's I, I think, one of my favorite things, and uh, there, there are certain moments within the TVA, uh, the way they're shot in terms of the cinematography, that look like they're inspired by Wes Anderson, uh, and I absolutely love it. I think there's, like, the green and brown and orange tones that sort of surround these characters. Just they, It continues to drive that that TVA vibe that sort of was built within that first season. Uh, and I really found this true um, the first time that we meet uh, Kihei Kwan's uh, character, Ouroboros, there's just this really phenomenal balance of just the room that he's standing in. Uh, and while there's sort of little um, chaotic little pieces kind of strewn about the entire set, it still gives, there's still the way it's shot is just a, a perfect balance on either side. Uh, and I really, really dug that. And I, I think between that and then even just some of the ways that they edit uh, to, to kind of with the color grading and the way that the editing kind of works together at the same time, as you said, to show those differences in, in moments in time is so cool. And it, it just really adds to the overall experience. Yeah. Just a, a side note, you know, the, the one thing I love about those sort of very uh, uh, symmetrical shots, you know, it's kind of a, a reflection of time that there needs to be a sense of balance. And sometimes when you see those shots, it's very much in, in correspondence to talk about balance. Uh, and, and I think that that's, like you said, intentionally done uh, with whomever's in, in the frame and whatever's happening. So I, I really do think that, again, they, they've really stepped up the look and feel to feel like a continuation, but working on it to go further. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of like that look and that retro vibe that they've got going for them again makes me think more Doctor Who too because exactly. you think of that or that early stuff where they mm -hmm. have their futuristic stations or you know technology stuff like that. It is very futuristic using retro stuff, so it looks like it it belongs in the future, but we know it can never exist. And there's something about that that the beauty of that like you can recognize almost every piece that they're using for these practical designs but the way they put them together it becomes otherworldly and, and so fantastical and just again the, the the level of detail and the amount of effort they put into each of these these sets and production the production value is just incredible so yeah they definitely upped it from the first season yeah it's it's really quirky i think as well and i think these these far these episodes as far as like sort of the the overall feel of the show as well i think um I felt that they were a bit funnier at times. I think if you can get past some of the uh, confusion moment to moment, I think there's some really funny sequences, and especially as we've already kind of discussed, involving uh, the characters and their understanding of, of time. Uh, and I will say, if you, you know, I think if you enjoyed uh, some of the moments in terms of like, exploring different timelines or branched timelines from the previous season. Uh, and if you've seen the post credit scene from Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, um, there's, there's a really excellent uh, moment in this season so far that uh, just is so much fun to explore. And, and it, again, if you've seen that post credit scene, uh, you'll know what I'm referring to. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I really did love the tone of the show and I thought, you know, to, to sort of, um, it, it did sort of sway uh, nicely between this sort of comedic 
friendship adventure that they have uh, that matched sort of the the tone and mood of a lot of the settings. But then they also mix in these elements of tension and suspense and even horror in some elements. Like there is some yeah. pretty dark oh stuff gosh. that takes place at, at some points. That is such a cool counter effect to the the tone we've been getting even just moments earlier so i think they do a really cool job of weaving up and down and playing with your your emotions and how you're engaging with the show throughout i i couldn't agree more i think that much like time and you moving through different times you're moving through different styles of genre throughout this show uh you're laughing at the sort of buddy cop nature of Owen Wilson and Loki as as now like we saw the beginnings of that relationship in season one and now we're seeing just full on buddy cop TVA time detective mode and it's it's great but yes there's all of these elements of horror and and the sort of Marvel epicness that you you would expect sprinkled throughout so you know they're doing a really great way in these four episodes at least balancing all of that and still having it really influence I think the larger story. Yeah, it's it, like it's more Loki, essentially, is I think what we're all trying to say. It's more Loki, um, and it has all the things that made the first season great. But I think the best part that I've been really digging is just now it has the chance to run as fast as it can yes. towards what's next. And I think that's really exciting. I think the show, um, I think it, it's it's cool how the show still manages to bring that intrigue episode to episode while, in my opinion, still moving at the pace that it is. Yes, well said. I think that it, it now has done the groundwork in season one. And with season two, the, the tone does feel like a, a rapid pace uh, that that moves quickly but clearly at the same time, and it keeps you engaged. Uh, another thing that kept me engaged was the fantastic score uh, from Natalie Holt. Uh, again, another consistent piece from season one that found its way into uh, uh, season two is that music. And the way it, the theme is used throughout uh, uh, the show um, is is so cleverly done. It matches the times. It's 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 fantastic. Uh, Natalie Holt is absolutely is is top at her game here. She's she's killing it with the score. Yeah, I love the obviously the theremin uh, with the theme, uh, adding to that sort of vintage mystery vibe. But yeah, like you're right. Like all the different ways that she adjusts that theme and and not only just that theme but i mean even the marvel fanfare at one point gets a, a nether we get another really cool iteration on that marvel fanfare uh and it, it just helps to keep things you know again for a show that can go so dark like like we're talking about it, it keeps things fun and bouncy and light but then if if the emotions need to hit at certain points uh she's just got such a, a wonderful way to to make those transitions feel natural. Uh, and uh, and yeah, I've always enjoyed the music in the show, and this season is is no different. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, okay, so let's let's talk about these performances. And I, Nate, you already mentioned it. I think this is the the elephant in the room or the the key in the room. Uh, Kihei Kwan <laughs> as oh. as Ob. I'm a, I'm gonna just say this guy. He is going to be a fan favorite people are going to love him and what's great is that he's just being kihei kwan like, i love he's, it he's he's it's not like he's putting on a character persona uh, i feel like there, there's probably a bit of nuance of it but it just feels so inherently key and i i love it he, he's fantastic in this show yeah he's he's such a welcome addition to this cast um he he does nothing but add and enhance the characters and the story that he's involved with um, so I think 
and and right from you know the opening scene that we see him in the first line of dialogue you're just instantly like oh i dig what they're doing with this guy this is fun uh and it works really well i think Overall, the acting performances are really terrific here. Uh, there's some really surprising turns in characters and their motives, and you know, uh, they they feel um, you know very much affected and different from what happens in that first season. Uh, I'm just yeah. gonna go right out though and say I am. This is another Jonathan Majors acting choice that I am not digging. This is his second uh, uh, Kang iteration that I'm just like it's it's just hokey and over the top for me. Uh, so I'm gonna put it out there so that you can all tell me how wrong I am. Um, I mean, listen, uh, obviously, uh, there's a lot of things going on, uh, in the real world, in, in our IRL world with Jonathan Majors, and, and we're not necessarily going to kind of dive in and dig into the, the, the legal situations going on. I, I honestly thought that his performance was actually pretty stellar here. I think the, the, you know, I think it's so different from him as Kang in Ant-Man. Uh, and I think there, we, we get a much more, um, aspirational, and and human character, uh, but I think at the same time, what's so great about the way that he does the performance is that as much as you, there's moments where you kind of want to be on his character's side, uh, you still wonder how much you can trust him, mm. uh, and and I think that's that's such a unique sort of thing that you you know for for a lot of uh performance a lot of actors it's like oh they're so charming i love them or uh they're so despicable uh i hate them uh and this is this is a i think a really he's i think he's doing a great job of of or he did a great job of getting uh us to a point where we're we're kind of in between with this character yeah he he does a great job of of bringing a, a variant to the existing variants of 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 kang and um, I think, you know, now that we've sort of seen three iterations, maybe more of the character, um, it, it's, it was welcomed. And I, I think we, we talked about it, that the con artist vibe uh, to him, his, his, the idea that he sort of leverages that people look at him as being weak as part of his con, um, that I, I think that that makes him actually kind of scary uh, and smart. Uh, in the in the way that he's he's sort of maneuvering these these situations, um, but yeah, he's he's outstanding. Uh, Owen Wilson, uh, I absolutely adore. Uh, mm -hmm. Getting more time with him, um, we see some other sides of him as well. Because I think you said it really well, Kevin. I think everyone in the cast, uh, especially from the TVA side, they're reconciling what, what the events of season one. They're they're trying to understand their own existence now. Um, and I think that that sort of manifests it way its way through the various characters uh, in, in different ways, and I, I absolutely love that. Can I jump in with uh, obviously Loki himself, Tom Hiddleston? I think he's not dropping a beat here, obviously, but uh, he's he's always been Loki. I think he always will be for all time, always. Uh, but in in this season, um, you know, we have our elevated Loki from last season, but there's a tinge of what I would call classic Loki from the Avengers movies. And there's one scene in particular with Raphael Cassell's uh, character who's new in this season. He's also he's also really fun. Um, but it just brought me right back to that classic Loki feel. And we get to see him flex his villain side uh, just a little bit more. And it's it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, I missed 
as much as I love what they're doing with the Loki character through this series, I miss that. And I never thought I, I really haven't ever really thought of the idea of nostalgia for a for a performance side of a character uh, well, and a character sort of acting decisions. And I'm feeling it. He's nailing it. I, I feel like in, in a lot of ways, we're seeing a new side of Loki while we get to see these hits, as you said, of the nostalgia of, of the old school Loki, the villain Loki, but there's purpose in, in, in Tom Hiddleston's performance of Loki. There's, there's a, there's a sense of empathy and heroism as well. Um, there's a sense of a fear as well. I think that there's, he's just, he's, he's amassed so many different emotions to sort of reshape this new, sh this new Loki while still giving us these, these little moments where we can be like, Oh yeah, that's, that's classic Loki. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I don't know if there's a character in the MCU that has grown and evolved more than Loki. Um, and and so it is fun, uh, like you said, to see him sort of play those those hits, those classic uh, moments of of old school Loki. But now it's like he's anytime he does it, it's he's he's being evil for the sake of good. And so it's even a fun spin on those old tropes that made him, you know, instantly popular right from the, the first movie all the way up till now. And so, no, I think what he's he must just be having a ball getting to, you know, do so many different iterations and, and changes with this character over the years. And he's he's hitting it out of the park every time, especially here. Everyone I wanted to bring up has been brought up already, but again, the whole cast has been in incredible. Every time we, we get a scene between these characters, I think that is really where they, they shine, is how they play off each other. Because again, you get a lot of Loki and Mobius, but also Mo uh, Mobius and Obi, Mobius and B-15. Like All the characters have time to you know really evolve and go through and discuss some of these big moments together. And how and you, again, really get a, a window into how each of these characters is dealing with the, this re revelation of what the TVA truly is and, and now what's at stake with, with out Kang or the what he who remains being behind the seat and pulling all the strings anymore. So again, it's really cool to see the fact that both new cast and returning are, are able to add so much to this story that is already incredible. Well, and I mean, yeah, one me as as Hunter B-15, uh, we're getting more of her. Uh, mm -hmm. We're getting more Eugene Cordero's Casey, uh, which is just so much fun. And there's a really interesting dynamic, I think, between Casey uh, and Kihei Kwan's character that's just really, really fun. And I'm stoked to kind of see how they might explore that f uh, in the future. Um, I also just want to bring up Tara Strong as Miss Minutes. Um, she's obviously incredible as always, but if you are a Miss Minutes fan, Dan, uh, from the first season, I think you're going to be stoked with how much more of her uh, we get this season, because I think in season one, she felt more like a device to be used for delivering exposition uh, and sort of like that background character in a way. But in this season, she is a she's a full blown character with full personality, full character motivations um, and. I just, she's definitely going to be the character that I'm, I'm like, I'm just so super interested to see uh, what happens with her as we continue. Yeah, I'm very interested to see how uh, her story unfolds and especially even uh, Renslayer uh, to a certain degree. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, Gugu is also Gugu's fantastic. Doing a great this. job. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's a variety of characters like we like we said they they all work really well. Returning cast and, and newcomers to the, to the series and and they all find their voice and find their their place uh, in this this show. Um, okay, well look, usually at the end of these reviews we're, we would give you a, a score uh, and, and our final thoughts. Um, but you know because we were gifted 
with four of the six episodes out. We're not going to give you a score. We're not going to give you our final thoughts. Instead, I thought it would be interesting if we could share uh, which is our favorite of the four episodes that we watched. You know, minimal explanation as not to get into too much spoilers. And also which episode we are excited for audience members to see. Well, I would say, um, you know, I, I think as far as what I can't wait for people to see, um, it's got to be episode four. I, I can't wait to see how people react to it. I'm really intrigued to see the theories that pop up once it's aired. Um, I'm I'm just, I, I can't wait to just keep going. Uh, I think as far as my favorite episode, though, I'm going to go with episode one. Um, I think it's so... It's so chaotic. Uh, it's 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 also the episode that we're introduced to uh, Kihei Kwan's character, uh, which I'm just I'm stoked for him to get even more flowers with this series. Like he's he's truly he's such a delightful character. I love how analog he is amongst all these characters that are sort of all over the place. Uh, he's balanced. It's, just, it's yeah, yeah, and it's it's just so fun and uh, it's it is also the only episode to feature uh, an after credit scene. Um, so make sure you stick through to the credits uh, to to watch it. But yeah, no, it is. Uh, I think episode one is my favorite. Darcy, how about you? Well, yeah, no, I agree, I agree wholeheartedly. For just the way the story builds to that point, I think is is really uh, pivotal, and I, I can't wait again to, to see the discussions that fall out from that fourth episode. And again, the first one to me felt the most Doctor Who out of all four four episodes. The first one had that Doctor Who classic, the way they play with time to tell a story really had me hooked and excited for the rest of the season. So yeah, hands down, episode one is my favorite of the four. And I I can't wait to talk about that one too, as as much as the fourth one. (laughs) Yeah, I I do really think that the the first and fourth episodes are probably the strongest. Um, But I'll give a shout out to the third episode because that's where they have the most fun in terms of uh, the time travel. Like, you know, um, I think that's for sure. That's something you're really interested in. That third episode will stand out for fans who who want to see them out of, you know, the TVA in a a time travel sort of uh, escapade, if you will. So that third one was really cool just for the way it played with time travel in that sense. Yeah, I'm 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 with you guys. I think my favorite episode is is episode one. It kicks things off. It really establishes the tonal shift that we were talking about. Uh, you have a lot of fun with it. Nate used the perfect word, chaotic. Uh, I think it's 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 a top tier, great premiere episode, and you're going to be able to watch that later this week. Um, and I'm with Kevin. I think episode three is the one that I look forward to. Uh, people seeing and and what the discussions are going to be after that because there's all sorts of stuff and there's some cool time travel that happens in episode three that makes it worthwhile and uh, yeah I'm I'm very excited for 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 that to kind of be the kickstart to the conversation which would then lead into uh, an episode four um, but you know I'm excited I know we're all excited uh, to be talking about these uh, in full spoiler and to see the conversations I'm already looking forward to uh, all the new rock star videos that are just going to drop about. <laughs> breaking this thing down uh, in all its glory. Now, while we're excited to talk about this show in full spoiler capacity, we're actually going to be holding off on running our traditional watch club format for the season of Loki until episode four drops. Mm. Uh, We'll be posting a spoiler filled discussion as uh, one episode for episodes one to four. And then we will do separate traditional watch club episodes for the penultimate uh, and the finale of the season. So, Look forward 
to those. But that is it for our spoiler-free review for Marvel Studios Loki Season 2. Again, a huge thanks to our friends at Disney Plus Canada for gifting us with these four episodes early. Uh, We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, feel free to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you don't mind, why don't you leave us a review? Five stars. It helps us out. Gets uh, more people seeing this podcast. And we love talking geek with everyone. Uh, And if you want to write into the show and let us know your thoughts on Loki Season 2 once it starts airing uh well you can do so by reaching out to us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com that's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com or you can reach out to us on the app formerly known as twitter at geekcentricyt or on instagram at wearegeekcentric also we have our discord open uh for spoiler filled discussions so once episode one drops this uh thursday october 5th uh we'll probably open up a spoiler channel for people to jump in and share their thoughts because we would love to hear what people think about that first episode uh keep in mind we have a ton of other content covering their latest movies and tv shows including our spoiler free review for the creator uh gareth edwards latest sci-fi original film which is in theaters now uh we also have our spoiler free review for expendables 4 which I think is still in theaters if it hasn't been pulled, but... Uh, it's already on uh, digital at some point. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, and if you're a fan of a galaxy far, far away and you're a fan of all things spoiler, well, we are calling it a wrap on our latest Watch Club series for Star Wars Ahsoka. Uh, Currently, right now, we have the first seven episodes out as Watch Club discussions where we get into all sorts of spoilers. Uh, The latest episode, we share our our theories about how this is all coming to an end and what the hell is Balin Skull really up to? Um, (laughs) But uh, this week, we'll be closing it out with the finale, and we have a special guest for that episode, so you don't want to miss it. Uh, The Hot Geek Summer is done. We're getting into the fall, which means you know pumpkin spice lattes and uh you know scarves and you know shackets and all sorts of stuff shackets, uh, shackets. what's yeah, a shackets? Yeah, like, like it's a a, a jacket oh jacket, i thought it was right? a shitty yeah. jacket <laughs> okay. Wouldn't it be sweater jacket? That's that's nice there. I, I think it's supposed it. to be swag. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shack yeah. it, swag it, whatever. You, you know, yeah. you know what it is. Uh, so we got more stuff on the way for the fall. But until then, Nate. Darcy, Kevin, thank you so much for joining me for this spoiler-free review. And, as we say, for all time, always, love ya. Laters. Get home safe, guys. Peace. Peace.